welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy. Cheers, man. Cheers, Marshall. Cheers to a great episode. Let's do that again. Oh, wasn't that... There we go. Whoa, now you're clinking all over me. <laughs> what the over, hell? It's all over you. You're fucking like, you just like whoa, shot it whoa. at me. F-bomb out the F-bomb. gate. F-bomb. Well, you're the sucking. Then, like, Start the podcast sucking, shit, I'm man. Fucking, like, that's the way wow. Goes. We start this over again. No. That was brutal. Your Almost mouth. as brutal as, I mean, wait till people get to the end of the episode when they learn what you're going to suck. No. Dude, all right. Bro. Redo this Bro. intro. This is horrible. No. Dude, you totally... Totally nailed it at the end. Actually, he nailed you. Okay. The, wow. The, this is not working. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome to the Pines and Polishing Podcast. Where Marshall just has no filter. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Hey, so, uh, DJ. Marshall. Um, what's been going on, man? Like, in general? Or the, yeah. Uh, man, a lot of change. Awesome. A lot of change. Change? A lot of change. Like, Changing or change? Uh, we onboarded some new people. Oh, or a really? New, a new person. A new excuse person. Me. And uh, yeah, so we're looking to open up some new revenue streams in the company this uh, this quarter, which is great. Nice. Yeah. Anything else? What's going on in home life? How's the kids? Home life. Uh, we've all been sick for the past two weeks, off and on, the whole entire family. One person gets it, they get better. The other person gets it, they get better. Uh, the baby. I mean, it literally just passing it around. So. Yeah. We're probably gonna back to clean the house. Mm. You know? Wait, gonna? Not yet? You yeah. didn't like middle of the problem. Maybe maybe it would have cured the whole sickness. I mean ninety nine point nine percent of bacteria yeah. and germs are gonna be killed. No. Maybe it should have already done that. I don't know. CP time. CP time. We're gonna get better. We'll wait first. and do it after it's all done. <laughs> eh, we feel about it right about now. Okay, good enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good month, though. Yeah, is it, it is. It's a good month. It's a good month for uh for turning thirty. For, for oh yeah, oh. turning thirty this month. So big uh, birthday party coming up in two weeks that you haven't planned. Big birthday party coming in two weeks that I have not. A planned. A week and a half, actually. Yep, but good thing you'll be here that whole weekend. So whatever day I it's on, I will not be here that whole weekend. We've so already what, talked about that. So whatever day it's on, I leave on that Saturday. So, so you got to do it on that Friday night for you. If so, you would like me to do your babysitting. And to attend your festivities. How's that going to work? How do you babysit and attend? Oh, it's a service. They call, they're called babysitters, and you pay for them to be there. Oh, you're paying for the babysitter that night. Yeah. So it's on Friday. If you would like me to be there to participate. Gotcha. If not, I can still do the babysitters, and you guys can have fun without me. It's all good. Okay. All right. Yeah. You just let me know, preferably before Friday at like two o'clock. Yeah, my wife. My wife's playing this party, so yeah. you know I'm. I'm. In, I'm in the... Anyways, moving on. How is how's things going on with you, man? I mean, what's going on? Oh, uh, you know, my everybody in my house is sick too. You don't have anyone in your house. Ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> All you have is the dog. Don't. <laughs> uh, we're not sick. We're uh, we're healthy. Is he? We're good to go. Yeah, Mo's doing good. Is he good? Yeah. How are his uh? His uh, his yeah. what? Uh, no, I don't know what. How's he doing everywhere? How's he doing everywhere? 
What do you, I don't know what you're getting at there, DJ. Everything's good? I mean, yeah, he sleeps like 20 hours a day. I think he's good. That's the life. What do you give him to do that? He just, um, is that just in his blood? He's a bulldog, no, and he's, he's old. Asleep. Like, he's he's nine. Like, he's 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 ending the, the last last years Your of his life. Not nine. Ten, no, uh, I did just uh, have a teenager. Oh. We just turned teenager. She yeah. turned 13? She turned 13. Oh, my word. Yeah. 13. Mm-hmm. Ouch, mm-hmm. dude. Yeah, I now have a teenager as a I, daughter. I remember when you walked in the car wash with her in the baby carrier, mm-hmm. like when she was an infant, yep. literally yep. infant. Thirteen years ago. Thirteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. Kind of poof. So, so they do her. Her. <laughs> she had a, a sleepover for her birthday, and she did a FaceTime with not a FaceTime. She did an Instagram live with her cousin, and I get a notification that pops up on my phone. That my daughter's doing a Instagram live with them because like sure I'll hop on like and they're oh hi daddy and then you know they're talking and they're doing this and then she like starts going around and introducing like I'm like um and they start doing like girl stuff I'm like uh I'm gonna go ahead and hop off of here like oh yeah I, I don't need to be a forty year old man <laughs> like, well, like like you're my daughter and my niece but I'm like yeah. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! See ya. See ya. Like it got really awkward real fast for me. <laughs> like they're teenagers. Like, Dude, that is mind blowing. That's crazy, man. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah, you know, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, so there was a pretty cool episode. Uh, super content fulfilled. Like the amount of information that uh, Jonathan gives us for growing. Not just growing a detailed business, but I mean, he's, they're, they're in eleven cities. Massive, eleven cities. So, how many employees? Two hundred and fifty W two employees. Two hundred and fifty W two employees. Whew. Those are not contractors; they're W two employees, which means they require much, much more attention. So, if you're in a shop and or you're a mobile, team, you know, whatever you're at in your business, and you go, man. Wonder if I or man, it'd be great to or how big can I? If you think you've got inside of you to go bigger, it's like uh, it's not just hey, I want to do some more cars this week, Mm -mm. right? It's not Mm -mm. oh, I wonder if I should get another location. Like man, I could get this location a couple miles away and I'd kill it. Like cool, that'd be like that's awesome. But no, like if you want to get massive. I mean, they're doing 20,000 services per week. Ooh. 20,000 20, services a week as a whole. Stupid. I mean, we do like 20. <laughs> <laughs> We're missing another, like, you know. 19,880. 19, 980. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever. I know. We missed it. We're, we're deep into some Shiner Bach, average beer, but, you know, it is what it is. Jonathan was a great guest. Uh, also, the. Uh, IDA president for 2019. Yeah. What better guy to be up under than someone that is literally. Did you really just say you're under him? That's at the end of the podcast. Wow. But, but I'm not under Ooh. him. Technically, mm. yes, oh. when it comes okay. to the. Uh, Moving right along there, DJ. On. We don't need to have that discussion today. We can save that for another episode. We're not going to. There's no nothing to discuss. There's not? Oh. Okay. We are seven and a half minutes into an intro right now. Mm-hmm. The best ever. The best ever intro. Mm-hmm. Hey, they should grab a pint. And what? 
probably enjoy the next. There you go. Hour. Hey, you guys enjoy. Thank you as always. Uh, appreciate everybody listening and the feedback that you guys sent DJ and I is awesome. Thank you so much, and uh, hope hope that you do enjoy. Yes, appreciate it. All right, we're going to get started. Hey, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, Mr. Patterson. We got a pretty cool guest on. Under the weather, a little scratchy on the throat, but uh, but he's here. Yeah. Why don't you introduce our guest? Uh, our guest today is the uh, president of the International Detailing Association. El Presidente. El Presidente. Yeah, Jonathan Munsell. Welcome, Jonathan. Welcome. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, I think we so. We do talk about beers. Yes, we do. Uh, you chose Shinerbach. Why is it that you chose Shinerbach? Uh, so, yeah, you know, we were talking about beers. And probably my, my favorite beer that I go to most is Yingling. So I'm a big Yingling guy. And, you know, so I travel around the country. We expand a lot over the course of time with Spiffy. And one of the things that's happened is I spent a lot of time in Texas. But I get to Texas and I cannot get Yingling to save my life. I can't get it at all. So what's the next best thing to be a shiner? I have to try and, I don't know, a hundred different beers in Texas. I landed on shiner. So what, what's number beer. two? So Yingling is number one, shiner number two. Um, down from there, we get a lot of great beers here in Raleigh. So I like right between Raleigh and, and uh, Durham in North Carolina. So we have a lot of great local breweries. So it's you know it's usually you know what local place are we going to? We drink a lot of North Carolina beer. So what about I, I asked the wrong question. There's a reason I was asking. Like so, your favorite in Texas is Shiner. I meant to ask what's your number two <laughs> in Texas. Oh God, I don't even know. Uh, it's always Shiner. I, I drink as much Shiner as I drink Yingling in North Carolina. So uh, that's a that's a fair amount, I would say. Well, we're doing a uh, event in a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, February twenty fourth, a uh, little barbecue and brew, and uh, so we're going to be tasting out some different uh, Dallas. It's in Arlington, so we're going to be trying out some different uh, Dallas, Texas beers. So, didn't know if you had any that you would recommend or not. That's why I was kind of asking. How about this? I'll uh, I'll come down there and have to pick some out. <laughs> There You're you going to be in Dallas uh, next weekend? I'm going to be in Dallas with you boys. Oh, really? Awesome. Are you going to go to the car wash show? I am. Yep. Oh, okay. So that that's where we'll be, too. So cool. Come yeah. to the event on Sunday night, then. I didn't know you were going to be there. Yeah, I just worked it out. I, uh, so I have a big operation in Texas. We launched in Texas last year. Um, so I, I, I mean, I have uh, 16 trucks, three fixed sites there. So we... Um, so I was in Dallas. I spent probably last year launching Dallas. Um, I probably spent, I don't know, three months in the entire year in Dallas. Like, I'd be there for 10 days. I'd come home for four, go back for 10. So the, uh, so I'm very familiar, and, uh, and, and my buddy Keith is down there. So we worked it out. I got Michael Kerr, my GM, down there. I'm all members of the IDA. So we said, you know, they're having, you guys are having a meeting great. Uh, also for the IDA, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to make that trip. Wait, so, what did he say? Meet and greet for the IDA. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Yeah, so there's a couple different things 
Mm. Yeah, the South by Drywall show is, I mean, it's a good show. So if anybody hasn't been to it, um, you know, of the, of the big shows, it's probably number four. So It's growing. I've gone for years. Uh, I mean, I went when I was, I think I went at Zuds or the year after I left. I mean, that would have been 08. I mean, and it was tiny. It was tiny. Uh, It has definitely grown a lot bigger, but it's still, you know, you could walk the show in an, in an afternoon, you know, but, but it's definitely growing continually more and more people there. So uh, I'll work the IDA booth. Um, Prentice had me come on. Uh, I'll actually be then on Tuesday morning helping with, uh, uh, I'm leading a discussion on young entrepreneurship. Uh, if you're trying to get into detailing and being an entrepreneur. Because you're older, you have to lead everyone on young entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's good. Like I've been through. What's that? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed he makes it to you know, to to what? Uh, what for him. Huh? Uh, for him. I'm sorry. I didn't, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I couldn't hear you. Yeah, too old. Hmm. Too old. Yeah. All right. Hey, so Jonathan, uh, tell us about your story. Tell us, uh, you know, where you grew up. What got you into detailing? Um, we'll go. I want to talk about your business later in the second half, but kind of get into your story of who you are, how you got into where you grew up, and then I want to talk about. Uh, about the IDA and all that, but uh, first, give us your story and what uh, kind of your background and who you are. Okay. Um, first and foremost, I'm a family guy. So, um, your whole family, couple kids, um, two boys, twelve and fifteen. Um, they grow really, really, really fast. Um, so, if you, if you got kids, don't take it for granted. Before you know it, they're you know talking back and want to hide hide their room. So, yeah. So. Beautiful family. I grew up in Jersey. I grew up right by the beach in New Jersey. What beach? Um, not, to be, not to be mistaken with the Jersey Shore. Yeah, that's what I was like. What? Yeah, what beach? Are you are you secretly a Guido? Is he secretly? <laughs> so I grew up right by Long Beach Island, Tom's River, New Jersey, which isn't far from Seaside and Jersey Shore and Smithy and all that stuff. But I tell a story. There's like two barrier islands. Um, so one is Seaside, the one below it is. Long Beach Island, and you know, when I was a kid, we would go up there and you know walk the boardwalk and potentially get into some fights with you know some of those folks you may be familiar with, or we go down <laughs> to the next beach and we'd meet we'd nice girls. So you know you can catch me either one when I was a kid. Either fighting or make or, or loving, huh? Fighting or loving. You a lover or a fighter? Definitely a lover. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so. Uh, I bought I we're big into Star Wars in our family. My kids all wear Star Wars clothes. I always buy them Star Wars stuff. Uh last year for Valentine's, I got them a chewy Chewbacca shirt and it said, I chewy you. And then mine for Valentine's it was Chewbacca and it said, uh, uh I'm a lover, not a biter. So. <laughs> that's great. DJ, that's, that's DJ? No, yeah, we don't do Star Wars. No? Were you a lover or a fighter? Which one that's that was the whole discussion. Yeah, DJ yeah. DJ yeah. was definitely not a fighter. No, no, yeah. definitely not. I was uh, definitely keep the peace. Yeah. Yeah, keep the peace for sure. Yeah, I'm a little more diplomatic in, in my elder years. Yeah. So do you remember any of your little brawls uh, out on the beach? Oh, absolutely. Like, all kinds of, like, not even brawls, just, just talking smack, you know. There's a, you know, 
there's a there's a boardwalk, so there's also like a main drag that runs along the same path, you know, as the boardwalk. So it's you know it's the strip, and you just get out there, and all kinds of cars, and all I mean, some beautiful vehicles. Um, you know, it's kind of it might be from some of the where I fostered my love of vehicles. Um, mm. You know, just some neat stuff. People that have done some nice custom work to their cars. You know, I grew up. My dad had an one bed. Um, so we always had, you know, we always had a nice car that we could play with and work on. So that was, you know, that was definitely in my background and in my history. Did you later start buying vet? Are you are you a vet owner now? I'm not a vet owner. Okay. I'm a okay. But so you still have the need for speed. I'm sorry. You still have the need for speed. Oh, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> my man. Marty likes speed, right? Uh. Your Jeep has like 10 horses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, then went to, went to college in Philadelphia, went to Drexel University in Philadelphia um, for hotel restaurant management. Mm-hmm. So my, the vast majority of my career has Dirty been in the house. So, you know, I, uh, I later went and I worked in Manhattan. I ran all the restaurants at Lincoln Center. Um, ultimately moved down. Why? What got you? I mean, you just randomly got a job, like started bussing tables, or what? I mean, what what brought you into that? No, uh, you know, when I was in college, I was managing the dining room at the Ritz Carlton in Philadelphia, and I got recruited out of there to go to Manhattan. There's a big restaurant company called Restaurant Associates. If you go to Rockefeller Center and you rent the skates there and go on the ice, you actually rent them from Restaurant Associates. So they have all the big restaurant places. They have Rockefeller Center, Carnegie Hall, uh, Lincoln Center, Museum of Natural History. So really big, really good restaurant company um, up there. So they were they recruited me, and, and I went hook, line, and sinker. You know, and at, and at the time, I probably made about fifty thousand dollars coming out of college. Um, but the problem is, you need about you need, you need about seventy five just to live in New York. So uh, you know, I, I figured out pretty quick uh, on New York. I was up there. I lived in the city probably for about three years, and then I moved back to New Jersey. And but it was fun. I, I was like twenty one years old. I mean, I don't think it gets much better than that. Is it good? I mean, have you ever been? No. Yeah. I mean, we we've never been up that way. I mean, what? I always hear it's amazing, but I mean, why is it? Why is it so great? There's always something to do, um, like any good good big city. Um, but it's even different than that. I mean, that's like they, you know, the city that never sleeps. That city literally never sleeps. So you know, you're a young you're a young guy working in the restaurant industry, getting out of work, kind of went. When most bars, when club moves, you know, there's always something to do, somewhere to go, fun to be had, you know, lots of lots of free stuff, Central Park. I mean, I lived two blocks from Central Park. So it was just a great experience at the right time in my life. I like Philly actually better. I lived in Philly uh, for before and after college. Like after I lived in Manhattan, I went back to Philly. I'm a big fan of Philadelphia. So DJ, like when you get done with, in your older years, like your younger years, you get done with drinking, I mean, was there always stuff to do, or you, you just went home? <laughs> there's nothing to do here. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's nothing to do here at all. Two o'clock, that's it. <laughs> if you make it to two. No, right? like yeah. Most of the time, you'd leave a bar before two because you don't at want two, it. there was nobody there. Like Exactly. You'd leave at like 1.30. 1, 1.30. Yeah. That's or if it. you were at the club, you would definitely leave early because you didn't want to be the guy sitting there at 2 o'clock. Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. That's a sad guy. That is a sad He's guy. He's trying to pick up anything he can get. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you go out when the lights are on, you're just like, oh, what, what's, what can I grab? What can I grab? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, that's always rough. <laughs> oh wait, hold on. <laughs> Are you the guy like you? Wait, he'd be like, "How do you know that?" Uh, 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 somebody, a friend, told me. <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. Yeah, I'm asking for a friend. All right, so what got you into uh, the IDA? I mean, now being the president, I mean, what? Uh, so you, so you go into the restaurant. I know we'll get into your business life here in a little bit, which is a really cool story. But, you know, DJ, let's let's go with you. Like before he tells us what got into him, what got you into the IDA and why, you know, you're you're in the board member. You're you're moving to I'm the vice president right there. Vice, I didn't want to say you could see I paused because I was like, ah, am I supposed to say that or not? So so confirm then, huh? Confirmed. Nice. Cheers. Hey, cheers. Thank you. Uh, what got me into the IDA was the community. You all right? <laughs> I think we lost him. <laughs> so a running joke on the podcast is the word community. It's because on the IDA when you just said – or not the IDA uh, – uh, the MTE, you just kept saying it over and over. So, but no, really though, just ha being a part of an organization that is—I almost spewed all over you—full <laughs> of volunteers who are willing to help push the industry forward was enough for me. So, be, getting getting involved, getting on the committees, and 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 meeting the people, and being able to be an active part of where our industry is going is just yeah. That's definitely why I love being part of the IDA and community and community. Jonathan, what about you? Yeah, so, um, you know, I've always been very involved in, in any industry I've been in. And, you know, I, I had a really good experience on the restaurant side. And I was part of the, the uh, National Restaurant Association. I was on the board. And I, I saw the power of being on the inside. And, the, you know, people, people often look at associations and what's in it for me. And the reality is, and you get out of it when you put into it. So I knew coming into the industry that it was really important for me to, to get involved, to get to know people, to, to plug in and dive in and immerse myself. And the best way I know to do that is to serve. You know, if you join a committee, you know, like, like I mean, I, I still I still attend all the committee meetings from, from you know before I was the president, and you know, I, I was on two committees full time. Uh, membership and marketing communication. If you want to know what's going on, I mean, join either one of those committees and you know what's going on in the association. And then, you know, it just worked out that I was active. So, you know, it's important not just to volunteer and put your name on the list. You got to be active. And I'm active and, you know, just, you know, people over time just, they, they asked me to get more involved and to help on side projects. I ran a couple task forces. Forces, uh, for I, I piloted the task force that we did the IP website. So, you know, and then it was it, it was just logical to, to get involved in like DJ, I was the vice president of operators last year. So I just I just see the power of, of if, if you really want to get involved, get to know I mean, you know, would I affect you guys if I wasn't as plugged in? No. So I really I mean, how do I mean you know, good fun guys like you and, and get to know you. Well, I think they just hop in your Uber in the back of your car. Like, <laughs> is that what happened to you? Yeah. you guys, <laughs> we were walking out like – you steal a free Uber off, Marty? And I don't remember. Who was it that uh, – who who was it that we were with? Huh? You were with Rob Shuler. 
Yeah, that's who it was. We were walking out, and then we saw you, and you're like, "Yeah, just hop in our." Like, well, yeah. That's the president. Sure. Too, yeah. Past president, current mm-hmm. president. So yeah, that's 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 why I was like, "Hey, so who are you?" Like, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's then, how we met. Then where'd you guys go? We can't talk about that. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. You know. We actually went back that night. I hosted a hospitality event for the uh, for the entire board and any, any any of the committee members that were in town. We hosted a, a meeting, so it, we made the Uber stop to help buy the supplies for that. Actually, that was a good. That, yeah, that was that was a fun little uh, little little get together. Appreciate it. Thank you, my pleasure. It was like, but yeah. we pulled up to the liquor store and everybody hopped out and we left like all of our bat and we started walking up there and then I was like. Wait a second. I got my backpack, and then Rob was like, wait, I left mine. I was like, I'll go stand by the Uber. Yeah. (laughs) We don't need to leave all of our bags in the Uber for, like, (laughs) we trust them, but. You did take all of the hands to carry the supplies out, though. Yeah. Yeah, you did good. You did good. Yeah, you did good. So what's uh what's on the agenda? Like talk us through. I know you've you know given some of your background, the way you think, what, you know your personal approach into um, management style, president style. Like what what do we see coming? What uh, what do you what do you want to do with the IDA? Yeah, so my background. So you know, again, I spent a lot of time in the restaurant business. I I, I own restaurants. And I did consulting and coaching for years. So, like, before I ever joined the IDA or was ever involved um, on the, the, the detail side, um, I had coaching clients and consulting. And one of them, one of my very good friends, um, he's also with me at, at Smith, um, he's Carl Murphy. And we were peer coaches, and we follow a model called Grow, Goals, Reality, Opportunity, and Way Forward. And we would peer coach each other. So every month we would get together and we'd run through that. Say that again? A little slower.
I'll share the sheet with everybody. Yeah, I'm gonna give away a whole bunch of my stuff, my consulting. I'm gonna try to give away as much stuff as I can to, be, to help people. So in business, my, my job has always been to help people be successful. And I can only be successful if I can help people be successful. So if I run a coaching consulting business and people aren't making more money and growing, they sure as hell aren't gonna need me. So, and I have a ton of these resources that, you know, I literally have been like blowing the dust off a little bit, updating everything because I want to share resources with the people in the detail industry because I want to help people better their lives, you know, better their, you know, so life first, family, and then it's business. So that's the real goal for me is to help as many people as I can. And as I look at that, the opportunities for us exist, helping detailers get their word out more, right? So you know, consumer awareness is one. It's a big thing to tackle, though, from an association standpoint to make consumers aware of the great things that, that we do. But the certification is very important. You know, carrying the, the professionalism of the IDA, which has only gotten better and better and better, um, all of those things are, are part of what I champion. The other one is member involvement. You know, like I talked about, you got to be involved. You know, if anybody's on this and they're part of the IDA and they're not doing, they're not on a committee or they're not plugged in and they're not jumped up in a Facebook group, those things, they're not being you know, plugged into the website. I feel like you're missing out on the, on the real value. You know, be back. Yeah, so they're missing out on some of the value. And so, and then the other one really is, is about membership development. And that's, you know, that's nationally, but really internationally. We have a couple chapters. Uh, we have three chapters out there, Norway, New Zealand, and the UK. And we have about eight more chapters around the world that are, that are in the process of completing the, the way you get to become a chapter. And, and they need to support themselves. So there's a big rally around helping the entire association. So it's been just nationally for a while. I know it's called international, but it's literally just been in the U.S. You rattled off a couple of others that are coming. You all want to explain? El Presidente. Yeah, so um, and some of the bigger ones, so, so we look at density of membership. So when I, when I look, you know, I mean, we're in over 50 countries. Um, some of the larger ones, Brazil, Canada, India, um, those all three are on the list. There's a, there's an Australia, um, Argentina. Can I go help do that one? Why do you want to go to the Australia one? I've always wanted that. My number one bucket list is Australia and do the Great Barrier Reef dive. Right? So I want to go dive the Great Barrier Reef, and I want to go down in the cages with the great whites. That's sorry, that's on, ultimate. What I want to go you cage go dive the, with, with the great, great whites. whites. Yes, those are sharks. Yep, great white sharks. Great white sharks. Big old white yep. sharks. And they put a bunch of like chum out in the water, get them coming. They're angry. They're trying to eat shit. So you're, 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 they you're, coming like you're yeah. intentionally bringing these sharks to the cage. Yeah, so they can rattle your cage. Um, no, so I can see them. Right, right. But yeah. you know, Marty, YouTube is out now, and you can like. They got TV. Okay, let me let me rephrase like, that. Like, Not can, just you, see you can, them. I would experience them. You want to chill with the sharks in the water. Right. We don't have VR yet. But so we'll, or else I could go sit in a pool yeah, and yeah. put on VR goggles. Yeah. Then I feel like I'm in the water and, you and see I the see shark. them. Then that would work, but we don't have that, so I gotta go there. You can wait. No, I can't. They're gonna they're gonna <laughs> they're launching Australia, so I gotta go. 
Uh, See? You gotta can, go. You gotta can you put, go. Can you put me in your life insurance policy? <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah, hmm. so, and, you know, but really there's, there's a bigger cry, I think, um, and it, it, it's internationally there's a cry to be and feel more localized. So today I, I did that, the GROW model, I did it with our president of the UK chapter, and we went through that GROW model today specifically um, in Manai. And, you know, there's a lot, like, no matter where you are, you want things, you want to be part of a big group, but you want that big group to be really close to home. And, you know, like, you guys doing the meet, you know, there's a big group going on down in Texas. We got a meet group going on up in New York or Connecticut, uh, Jersey, New York. Do you want to tell about the meet and greet in Texas? Because I looked at DJ because I was like, that's the first I've heard about it. So why don't you give a yeah, little spiel for it? I believe it's on, what is, what is the event that you guys are doing? Uh, we're doing Sunday night. You're doing Sunday. I forget it's Saturday or Sunday. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, I'll, I'll share it with the group. I'll tag it on. I'll tag it on to your. Yeah, uh, because we don't. Like I said, that's the first I've heard about it. And I've been talking to Prentice and talking to everybody. Like, I don't want to do a. I don't want to have an event that counters that. Like, maybe we combine yeah. them if they're both on the same night or something. You know, we we I wouldn't want to com you know, have different events. Like if we're going to, let's do it together then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. I mean, if we're going to get people together. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100
tingling. Um, yeah, it's got a, it's like a little sweet to me. Like it's got a little bit of like a thick sweetness to it. I don't know. Sweet, like huh? Honey almost. Like almost like brown ale taste you're talking about. Yeah, I mm. think it's that brown ale taste. Yeah. Uh, and I just have a problem with brown ale strictly because the first beer that everybody raved about was Moose Drool. And I just couldn't get past the name. And then it was this brown drink. Like, I was like, uh, I just, I, it's always had a bad taste in my mouth. I don't think it's I, – I know where I'm going to rate this. I think it's okay. Like, so here, Shiner got really big mm, 10 years ago or so. Like, it was huge here. Everybody had to drink Shiner. And I just – I've never been – just never been my like go to. Even when I go down to Texas, I, I'll drink other beers. Uh, I'll drink. Uh, you ever have Lone Star? Oh yeah. I I love me some Lone Star. And at B Dubs, it Lone used to Star be Lone Star with it. Would we get the, the yep. tall Lone Star? Tall with Lone Star a with a bunch the lime, of lime. Yeah. Dollar ninety nine. Like <laughs> that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. That's good beer. It's been a while. What do you like about it? What flavors do you have? It is smooth. People like it. Most people, you know, you go out, IPAs, all this. You know, I'm telling you, the beer, like, is not smooth enough for me. So the smoothness for me is like, you know, I drink beer. I'm a beer drinker. I mean, you know, I want to decorate tonic here and there. And the other thing I learned in Texas is Tawaka. It's a luxury. Yeah. So, yeah, I need a beer that I can drink, and it's got to be smooth enough for me to do that. Again, you know, I'm not a big high alcohol content guy. Like everybody's like, you know, you know, IPA you know, like 9.6, the gravity. Like, That's me. Yeah, it's like, yeah, but then you like next thing you know, you're like, you know, you can't play long ball that many. I mean, you, know, <laughs> you can though. It's just it's a long night one of the things I like or a short is, night. Uh, me and the buddies like throw some darts and and, and you know we're a little competitive. And it, if you drink enough of them, it really messes. We call it aiming fluid, um, and, and it really messes with you. You know, if you have enough of those. And you're, and so 2002 just started cleaning cars grew a mobile detailing business back before really anybody knew what mobile detailing was they really couldn't believe that we came out and cleaned people's cars at their offices at their homes whatever like way this is many many years ago um big kind of differentiator uh, so mobile detailing is is the the basis of me as a detailer like that's just everything that then i do from chemical side and everything it kind of all revolves around um production high quality production but as a mobile detailer i mean it's production you go to a location you're trying to get as much as you can at that location you move to the next you know so it's all about maximizing what you're doing and that can kind of rolls into what we do as a company and what we teach for detailers uh, DJ, your background as a as a mobile detailer. Background as a mobile detailer. Uh, I started a car wash, quit the car wash, and worked out of the trunk of my car for uh, quite some time, and then really built up to you know one truck, two trucks, three trucks, you know uh, a flex location. Maybe have a location we use for coatings and so forth. Then landing deal at the Tulsa International Airport too. So. Started from a car wash at the trunk of my car to running a full-blown operation here in Oklahoma. So yeah, and what I think the uh, the cool the cool part about this this next kind of segment of the episode is, so as a detailer, I remember specifically as 
about a year and a half or so into it, maybe, well, maybe closer to two years, but I remember bending down, working on a car. I was in love with what I was doing. I was having the, the just the best time of my life, right? We're talking 24 or so probably. Um, it's just living life, having, the, having a blast. But I remember bending down going, I was cleaning this bottom part of a car, and I went, oh, you know, we had a hard week. I probably drank the night before, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, I might have been dehydrated, you know, either way. I remember bending down and just going, oh, my bag. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this the rest of my life. Having a blast, but I just don't know if I could wash, like, do this my entire life. But I love what I'm doing. How do I do more of this? And that's what led me into, um, I just brainstormed, you know, kind of came up. Well, I would love to do a car wash because I remember one of my favorite memories as a kid was going to the car wash with my dad. Did not, it was, it was very random. We grew up very, we, they, they had to control expenses, if you know what I mean. Like, so we, but I remember occasionally going, he had this old 1970s style, those leather vet, like leather jackets. And he even had a leather. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Like old school style. It was like a, a worn out Navy blue look. Hmm. And he would always wear that. And he drove a Thunderbird, which you would remember. Thund Thunderbirds were boats, gigantic boats. And we would go through the car wash at 81st and Sheridan, that gas station. They still have that gas the station. Fiesta. Yeah, the Fiesta. And they still have a car. Well, like, that's, it was a mile from my house. Like, I remember those mornings when he would let me come along. And I think that's what triggered then the next part. Like, so that was why I wanted to start a car wash. And then that's where that grew up. But we started as just – as a – just a mobile detailer. You started as just a mobile detailer. <laughs> uh, then you actually had a career. Right. But that comes from that episode yes, for uh, uh, Solution Finished where she said, oh, just mobile detailers. Like, oh, they're just mobile detailers. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, we are, but okay. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, seeing your story of if somebody has a dream, somebody has a desire – Right. Being having a shop or being a, a one or two or three man opera like is cool, like good. Like, but what if somebody has that dream or desire to go big? Right. DJ's grown to be the biggest mobile detailing company here in Oklahoma. Um, you have now created one of the largest, if not the in the States. So. I want you to kind of give us some background of how that got started. Give us some of the info of the, the business and talk about um, with the idea that, you know, when you start detailing, like, hey, like literally could go. Yeah, it's a good segue. Um, so hey, thanks. Cheers. I got the detailing through the car wash. So, well, you know, in, in the years of, of coaching and consulting with a buddy of mine, I learned I learned about all the trials and tribulations of the big site car wash. And it, you know, it, it's a machine and it's actually put as much dirt as you want. But I, I saw the same advantage that you did, which was going to people and solving a issue. So for us, I knew all about it. I was, you know, 
better for him to even get the two trucks. So we he had two trucks. It was probably it was like 2010, 2011, and the two trucks were the only thing growing. It was like the other side of a rough economy, and they were growing. And I had just come out of having cancer, and uh, so I had stage four cancer at one point. I was pickled, like no, no hair, no eyelashes, no eyebrows. And I was getting better. Hey, look at that. Uh, so I was getting better. And my buddy said, hey, I need you to come in as a consultant, you know, a true consultant, paid gig. And I want you to look at my, my mobile car washing business. And I want to see if I can double it. So I went in and I looked at it. And he's using a paper scheduling system. You know, they had like a book and they write down the name on Tuesday, that if you call back an hour later, one on Thursday, they scribble it out, they flip the pages of the book, and, and that all worked, and it worked in a couple trucks. But if you really wanted to double this, at the time it meant four trucks. So I came out of it with, you can very easily double it, we gotta apply a little bit of technology, we gotta improve your system and your operations, and he ultimately asked me if I could just do it. So he said, hey, can you just do it? And I'm like, I'm like, absolutely. So I came at it in a different perspective. I didn't come at it from behind the buffer. I came at it from a business, had to, had to build a business. And, and the way we did it was, was it was it was all about systems, procedures, replicatable, scalable. So, you know, we added two trucks. We kept going, it worked. We added more trucks. We had to get a bigger business. We were working out of the car wash this time. So now we had to get our own place. You know, then you got landlord issues and all this other stuff. You know, Rob Schumer was telling the story at, at MTV about, you know, oh, you didn't tell me you were going to have all these trucks here. He's like, well, I'm a mobile detailer. You know, like, we have trucks. Like, what did you think I was bringing here? So, you know, I, 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 can, I can empathize dramatically with everybody on that. And so we kept building it and we kept adding systems. So in the company, I ultimately built, I built the, the systems for all the, the truck check-in, check-out. I built all the employee manuals the hiring systems, all the accounting systems, and then ultimately I built all the sales and marketing systems. And ultimately everybody needs to end up on the sales and marketing side of their business. And you gotta work on your business, not in your business. And and my, my coaching anybody is if, if you can do it, you've got to at least carve out some time and you gotta focus there's three things that the owner really, really needs to focus on. It's it's the sales and marketing, it's the finances and the legal. If you can set up good systems and procedures around the training and the hiring and the duplication of your trucks, and I gotta tell you, I mean, I, I can teach a class on trucks. I probably have 16 different versions of trucks. Um, I have over 100 trucks across the country. Um, and as Marty said, um, we're the only national selling company I'm in. I'm in. 11 cities and I'm adding five cities this year. And when I say that, I'm not like some, I'm not, I'm not just some company that's feeding needs. I people, I have over 250 W2 employees that work for us. You know, I have 30 people in a corporate headquarters. You know, I, all that stuff that I do in a 10 by 10 room, and we've all been there. It was like me and a girl that like, Lily, would you call my office today looking for a job? She runs the HR department. Um, and, you know, it was two of us were just doing it and like winging it until we figured it out. And then once we saw things happening, we systematized it, we made procedures, and then we moved on to the next problem until we had less problems. 
we still have problems. I, you know, you know, I, I have an engine issue going on now. We damage a car. We, we burn a seat. You know, I, I have all that same stuff like everybody else. Times 200 probably in some cases. Um, but again, we feel like right now we call it TURD. Touch-ups and redos. The acronym TURD. So we have a TURD report. And, and we run at like... 1% defect rate where we actually might have to go back and touch up a car. Um, some cities run at like 0.45. Yeah, and we're talking, I mean, you know, I'm doing 20,000 services a week. So there's there's a lot there that can go wrong that that little bit defect rate. Of course, I want it to be zero. That's pretty good. Um, so, again, once we see the problems, we figured out if, if we went the technology route. So I told you it was you know, our, our, my play on it was about convenience. It was around, what can I do to make it convenient for the customer? So one, I'm now coming to them. Right? I show up, they do. And then it was like, okay, how do I get your keys easier? So, you know, we built key exchange systems. So we had less of that friction. But ultimately, the whole company was founded on the premise of an app. And this was, you know, in 2011, you know, we and, and there's two other guys that, that are like the, the main guys behind this with me. And we, in 2011, we experienced Uber. And one of the guys owned a big technology company, and he said, you know, we need to build an app for this. And at the time, apps, they, weren't, they didn't barely work. They, they nobody was built them. The, the downloads, all that didn't work. You know, but we went after it pretty hard. And when we launched Spiffy officially, when we rolled it out of the car wash in 2014, when we launched, we had our own mobile-based app. We're a full-stack developer. We develop proprietary for Apple and Android. We develop all of our own back-end. We develop all of our own website. We have customer-facing portals, you know, U-Haul, Enterprise, all these big companies. And, you know, but we build all of that. I have a chief technology officer and five developers plugging ones and zeros all day. But we just did it different. We went after it as a business, and we ground it out. And then we raised money. So it, and not everybody can do that, and everybody, I'm sure, at some level wants to do that. It's not easy. It's a big commitment. You're putting your uh, your cojones on the table when you do that, and you're signing up for a lot. You know, you know people talk about OPM, you know, other people's money. You know, that's a lot of responsibility that comes with other people's money. And, you know, ultimately, those people don't give it to you because they, they, they just like you. Ultimately, they give it to you because they expect a return. So, you know. And today, and, and folks, you can look it up. And, you know, today, publicly, we raised eighteen million dollars, um, and you know, we're, we're a growth company. You said you trade publicly. No, I mean, if you, if you can do research on us. You can look up good. I'm sure DJ will do it in a second here. He's still working on that computer. You know, if you look at uh, you, you can look at what we've raised. You know, you can see how we raised it. Um, okay, but a, <clears throat> but you're not a publicly traded stock, though, right? Okay, that's why I was like, wait a second, did you just say, like, is there a detailing company that's on the stock? But, like, wait, what? To the public, to the public, um, if you guys looked it up, you can figure out what we've done. Um, so, full disclosure, we worked $18 million to date. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's a play for us. It's about growth. It's about, you know, being able we have, we have four core values. It's convenience, trusted, professional, and green. So, those are, you know, so... You know, trusted is, you know, we, we background check, we wash up, we clean that. Every single one of my trucks, every single service across the country happens on a reclamation mat. Um, 
So, you know, it, it, I, get, I get calls from people and people hit me up on Facebook and all. We develop all that stuff ourselves. It's all proprietary at this point. You know, we, we used to buy stuff from, you know, you know, from the market, but if you do as many services, you just chew things up. So we we built a lot of this stuff ourselves. We, you know, we have a couple patents. Um, so, again, we've done it in just like, it's a little bit different level, but I'm telling you, we grind it out every day. It doesn't mean I don't work for 80, 100 hours a week. Um, I, just, I just work differently. And, you know, we do training every day. We're in the field. You know, we, we do site inspections. We work with our guys. And we teach them, you know, how to do it really, really well, how to be respectful. And, and we, inside our company, it's ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. So it's really about, like, you know, we, we, like, we like to think we're a family. We like to really take care of people. So, so I think uh... – I would imagine some questions going around in DJ's mind would be stuff like, what's your turnover? How do you maintain people? Do you do like intercompany things? I know you guys are big on doing, you know, like community. Community type team building. Team building. Events, you guys just did one events. last week. You know, why don't you, DJ, why don't you talk about that? And then I would love to hear, Jonathan, you know, what, what you guys do for retention rate and team building and that type of stuff. But DJ, okay. why don't you tell us what you guys do? Because, because right, I think if you start growing, if, if we're talking about guys that want to start growing a business, then that's one side that they're going to have to look at is keeping employees. Which, yeah, I mean, and we've had, we've had issues with turnover rates. I mean, you know, for the longest time. And we, we've kind of, I wouldn't say we fixed it, but our turnover rate is very, very low now. Um, we try our best to focus on our team first because we focus on them and take care of them. They're going to take care of us, take care of our clients and so on and so forth. So we do regular things like um, quarterly, you know, full day events where we come to the office for the full day or we'll go rent a space and we'll just have a whole day of just vision casting and really getting their input into the company and so forth. Um, we do, uh, dinners with their wives. Sometimes we, we host, you know, uh, Christmas events, obviously, but just we're, we're very team oriented. Um, and also, aside from that, kind of give each individual on our team um, a task outside of auto detailing. So they're not just mobile detailers and uh, they have something they do like videography, photography or social media or, or whatever. Um, but I guess one question that I did have that came up, I guess I've got a lot for you, but I'll ask one. Um, is, I mean, so with, you said you have 250 W2 employees, are, is there one person in charge for a chunk of individuals or, I mean, how's the chain of command there and how do you kind of motivate um, and keep and retain? Because with 250 W2 employees, I would imagine you have a high turnover rate, right? Um, yeah, higher than we would like. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just so, the okay, nature of the okay, business. Okay, so I'll back up. So, do you, is it just, are you, have you adjusted your turnover rate, adjusted your methods based on turnover rate, knowing you're going to have it all the time, or are you doing things that's actively trying to retain key people? Are you trying to retain, or are you just getting by and just, if everyone's a body in a sense? And, and I mean to say that I'm very like, yeah. you know. No, I get what you mean. Okay. No, so, yeah, the problem with turnover is, is turnover costs you a hell of a lot more than keeping the good employees. So, and that's real, you know, and we want these people to be successful with us. We want to be able to tell stories about, you know, these long-term folks that have been with us since the beginning. Um, you know, and, and again, we, we, have a, we have a lot of folks that have been around a long time, but, but there's a constant churn. And one of the things that I'll tell you, probably the number one thing that we're working on today, it's my number one task right now, is 
it is improving the onboarding process. And when we say onboarding, I'm referring from recruiting from the minute they hit the ad to the minute they go through our screeners. And if we like them, one of the things that I've done this for the past two weeks, another reason I have no voice, is I personally have been video interviewing people in our company, for the company, all over the country, all hours of the day. I mean, we're in California and all this, they all do stuff at night, day, and morning. Weekends, I don't care. And I'm, I'm personally screening folks and talking to that video so I can. Because one of the things that was happening for us was we were losing people in the recruiting process because it was taking us too long to get them with that person. So we need, we're geographically based with a, a center of command, a general manager in every city at the same point. We centralized the recruiting and the screening, the background checks, the, all that stuff, the MDRs. All that stuff is done centrally, but then they get they get sent to this GM. The problem is, is that if you applied on Friday night, you would not get screened possibly until Monday afternoon. And then if they get you screened, they go you go through background MBR. By the time you get in front of a face, it's like next Thursday or Friday. So yeah, Even we these guys. Yeah, the hungriest guys are looking for jobs now. No, they want they want a job yesterday and. and yeah, and I've um, I have uh, yeah. Uh, one second, sorry, we we're doing Instagram live and it cut off. I guess we've been on there for an hour or so. But um, one thing with uh, yeah, well, uh, with our guy, the complaint that we're getting a lot is that um, it's taking too long. And like you said, I mean, you know, Friday evening and then. You don't get a face-to-face interview until Thursday, and it's the same with us. We've missed, we've lost some some key players based on our, our hiring process because it takes, it's done in three phases, and it can take up to seven days sometimes to actually get completely hired, maybe more. Um, and I almost, you know, we brought on a, a good guy just a second ago, you know, last or two weeks ago, and he even said he's like, hey, I, I was already looking for another job. Like I, I was excited, I was ready, but you guys took too long, and uh, and we've it's it's definitely bit us. So I, I'm right there with you and trying to expedite that uh, process but y- you and i both know that if if um if, if you push to push it through too quick you can miss some things and uh, have some bad hires yeah so so literally in the past two weeks i personally have have hired or or recommended people for hiring um so i'm telling you the speed thing's important so there's a couple things one to get you got to dedicate time to it because you got to get them screened. So do you phone screen? Um, so sometimes if it, if we have to, yes. Uh, no, actually okay. we, we do. Yeah. So the initial one we do a lot of, it's, it's phone screening. It's honestly a lot of, uh, our own homework online. Let's see if you got a social profile, if it's public, who are you? And, uh, if we fill from their resume and what we found online about them and then maybe a phone screen, then we'll bring them in face to face. So yeah, so we phone we we phone screen every single person that applies for the company, unless it's just a really obvious negative fit, um, and 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 that carves out. You know, we we probably we, we hire probably in the three maybe two percent range. So for every hundred people through our process, we're hiring two or three people. Um, it's a lot of work. Um, but again, it's like you, like, you know, if your company's at that size and you're like, it's very important. You, you add that one wrong 
bad apples in a bunch, you can really screw this thing up. Yeah, definitely. So, and you, you got to always be interviewing. I mean, I'm sure you guys interview every week, right? Oh, my God, every, every day. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. I mean, at that level, you have to interview all the time. I mean, we're to the point now we have to continually be be interviewing people because if we have someone that that flakes out or one or two people that flake out, I mean, we're, we're screwed because we're, we've, we've hit a cap to, we're not a cap. We've hit a point to where we can't, I mean, we're, 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 we're pretty screwed if we have a couple guys that are just out. So. So would you guys say like going back to the main topic, like starting as a detailer growing into a truck and doing other like, and trying to get to, uh, and Jonathan, if you want to hop back on Instagram, we can go live again if you want. Um, but uh, so would you guys say the number one the number one issue that would inhibit that growth would be employees and the hiring process? Every time I get to the point where I'm about to break the next ceiling in my business, two employees will, will quit. Something happens and then I'm stuck. Now we have to go back. And you just heard it could take seven to ten days before we hire someone. So now we've, we're trying to keep from having to cancel people on our current calendar because we're, we're booked. Also, while trying to hire people, but not rush it because we don't want to have a bad hire, right. we get put – yeah. So, yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. So, yeah. so, Jonathan, how do you – I mean, like you just mentioned, you want to go break the ceiling, do another or do this, and you want to keep growing. So, Jonathan, help us understand then how does that work? Like what would what would companies need to do in order to get on a fourth truck, a fifth truck, a sixth truck? Like, you know, what part of that process of hiring and firing that that you would give words of wisdom to? Yeah, so yeah, the fourth or fifth truck is the toughest. Uh, again, you got, you got problems that, you know, five trucks, you got problems with 10 trucks, you got problems with 15 trucks. They're all slightly different. Um, you know, you got problems that are a million dollars in revenue that are different than $10 million in revenue. So, the, you know, I guess, my biggest, like, again, you always, always, always need to have a recruitment pipeline. I don't care if you don't need anybody, you always need to be people. And you got to get disciplined. So everything that I build from a systems perspective is based on daily, weekly, monthly. Either do something every day or you do it, like, weekly, be it once a week or twice a week, or you do it monthly, a month, twice a month. So, you know, if it's... If it's screening and interviewing, it's like every Monday, Wednesday, Friday from one to four, like I'm screening or interviewing. Um, if you just because then you can plan stuff, you can plan the next interview, you can plan the face to face. So you never, ever, ever turn off your ad, ever. Okay, it doesn't matter. I, and I've seen it where we've had guys that are like, "Oh no, I'm good, I'm full," and you go from full to bukkake pretty quick. Yep. Are you guys so, using Indeed for hiring for onboarding? Oh yeah, for me, I mean, it's expensive. I can't imagine what your uh, what your monthly bill is with them. Yeah, it's more solid, but it's very expensive.
screen them as quickly as you possibly can. Um, the live video is this. Yeah. So screen them as quick as we as you possibly can, and then. So we used to go. We used to go background motor vehicle before interviewing, but then that got expensive because now we're paying that money. So now it's like it's like screen them and get them in as quickly as humanly possible. Because part of what you're going to do in an interview, you know, is sell them on your company. So you know, there's a point in the interview that they stop selling themselves and you start selling your company. So you know, if, and if you can do that, you can bridge the gap, DJ. You can you can take that person that's interested, and if they were interested but never met you, they, they might last three days or four days in your pipeline. If they're interested and met you, and now they're like in the background and process, they'll give you another week. Yeah, so it's 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 tough. But you definitely can can master the art of trying to hold someone for at least a week. But after that, I mean, yeah, it's it's tough. Any more than, I mean, even five days is tough. But yeah, you can. There's a way to do it. So would you guys recommend then, just like if you've got somebody that you've interviewed, you kind of think that they're gonna work, you're not sure. Like, would you recommend just going ahead and hiring them that day? Negative. And then if within a day or two they don't work, fire them quickly. Or keep stringing out for these five, you know, for a week or two weeks. And, you know, there's some guys that you've missed because they've had to go on to another place because they needed a job. So what do you guys think? Should you, if you're trying to grow, you're trying to move, you know you need guys, should you just, if you catch a feeling on somebody, hire them and then just know that you're going to fire them pretty quick if they don't work out? Then yeah, right. Then it comes back because there's something on there. Like uh, <laughs> that's hey, what's always funny. Hey bro, like <laughs> oh man. Oh, I thought that guy. Oh, man, that was like oh, a week man. ago, bro. I just quit smoking last week, dude. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to build like right now. We're trying to build like you know, thirty integrity checks into the into the, the system. 
So let's uh, let's kind of wind it down. Uh, we're getting getting a bit on time, so but a lot of cool information. I want to know um, quickly, like, so how do you decide which cities to go to? How do you decide what's going to be profitable? Um, you know, do you just take? You know, I'm sure you do some type of market uh, research. I'm sure that there's some stuff that goes in, but, you know, tell us if somebody's wanting to expand and wanting to grow, like, how do we know, okay, this would be a good spot to go in and I should go full-bledged or, you know, do, have you guys gone in and out of places? Um, you know, what type of profits are you guys looking for? You know, let's, you know, I know you're not going to be able to give all your good shit, but, you know, give us some info on, um, you know, what does it look like on that side with profits and where do you go find places and all that stuff? Yeah, so so we we tend to be relationship based um, and we we form alliances and strategic partnerships. Um, so when we do expand, we tend to show up and 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 are are, are very successful very quickly. So. We are not experimenting with our expansion. You know, before I ever, before we ever washed a car in Texas, you know, I had 50 contracts that were already signed before I ever washed a car in Texas. So, the, so we're very strategic about it in, in how we do it. We started out, and this is what I recommend to anybody looking to grow, you know, you grow from in concentric circles about where you are, right? Like, you know, don't go like, you know, 200 miles, like in one direction, like you gotta, you gotta eat up everything. Don't go 10 miles, 20 miles, 30 miles and eat up everything. And then, then you move to the next big city because, you know, if you're, depending on what you're doing, what your model is, you gotta have the right clientele. We do a ton of market research. We, we have, you know, we have, we have a ton of data. I, I mean, I, I can show you, you know, every city in the country and, you know, I, 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 we, we, we farm a lot of data to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my but, email is uh, DJ, <laughs> DJ at ecogreentulsa.com. If you could just send over all the data that you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send it over. That'd be great. Thanks, <laughs> I'm going to fill out your quick contact form on your website right now. There you go. Yeah. We'll get you set up. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, I gotta tell you, like, you know, our, our initial stab at it, you know, we used to go and buy, you know, buy a, a couple trucks and go launch a market. Um, and then we figured out, you know, in a lot of cases, it's better to sell it first than we show up with 10 trucks on day one. Okay, so you but did I, have a learning curve. 
There we go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's. I think that's good to hear. Like, I think somebody could look at your company and be like, oh, they just grow like boom, boom, boom. Like, no, I mean, everybody has a learning curve and everybody has mistakes and everybody learns. So you did do what I talked about then kind of in a question was like, so you did just go try and launch a city and they, some of them failed. Right. So now you have data and research and you've learned your mistake and now you go get contracts and you, you make sure that there's work there before you just show up. Correct. Nice. And, but again, that takes a little bit of stability in your company. You know, you're, you got to have the right brand and the right message and the right relationships to do that. But you know, our, our first expansion was from Raleigh to Charlotte. Um, and it was almost like proof of concept. And the, the best thing is it actually proved to us, and this, this, this might be actually really helpful for some other folks, um, it actually, when we, we went and we, we launched Charlotte, you know, we have this thing called a, a CBU in a box, a city business unit is what we call them. And you know, every checklist, every system, every procedure, every you know, every OSHA sign, every I mean, like, you know, that stuff is like in a box, they get shipped in and like bam, we're instantaneously in operation, minus, you know, chemicals, some plumbing issues and stuff. So the so our first our first expansion was we went from Raleigh where the corporate office and the operations office were all tied together. Uh, and the first thing we did was we went to Charlotte and we, we remotely separated the operations unit. And we did everything the right way and everything was pretty. It didn't have the evolution that we had in Raleigh. Raleigh had you know, every different version of truck that we've ever built. Um, you know, Charlotte got all the same truck, all the same equipment. It was all at the same age. And... And it, it, it went phenomenally well for us, and it proved that, like, okay, the expansion's actually better. Get the stuff, if you get it away and keep it really tight, and they just follow the procedure as it stands today, the problem in Raleigh is, you know, some guys remember the procedure back in the day, and some guys only know the new, the old guys mess with the new guys, and, you know, so it, it was really nice when we separated it. It was really, got really clean for us. And every time we could expand, Schneiderbach, DJ, I'll let you roll first. <laughs> One to five is the ratio, Jonathan. Five, like you're going to buy it every time you go out, which you might probably uh, lean towards that. Uh, one being you're not even going to finish your pint glass and um, you'll never get it again. No, oh, two and a half. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, I, got, I finished all three of mine almost. Uh, and I, if there were three more, I'd drink those too. I mean, it's not a bad beer at it's all. It's not like he said; it's easy to drink. Yeah, it's very easy to drink. It's just not like it's not, much it's not my choice. Like yeah. it's yeah, but no, it's it's a, it's a good beer. It's a solid beer. It's, there's not a whole like when you swallow. When I swallow, um, it just tastes like every other. Uh, so, Jonathan, what do you think about the beer? What do you rate? <laughs> 
Oh, wow, really? That's your number two beer, and you gave it a 3.5? What's my number? If I ever chew it, when you're trying to tell me to find a beer that you might be able to get out there. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not a number two in like the world, but Stella's um, my number two, actually. Um, nope. So, the... Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say... <laughs> We, we, we get Stella here, man. We could have done. Okay. I, I would like. Yeah, Stella would have been good. So we'll do a part two, and, and I'll pick your brains. Yeah, I mean, we want to have you on, like with Justin. We had him on a couple times last year to talk about what's going on with the IDA. I mean, we'll we'll have you on again if you got time, and next time we'll do Stella. Next time we'll do Stella. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love it. Yeah, yeah maybe I mean, maybe even invited you something when we're in Texas. So maybe we're doing something a little goofy live, maybe a little short thing. Yeah. DJ like short things. I don't. Long and drawn out. Oh. All right. Well, uh, so, Jonathan, the, we have at the end of the night, we're, we've been at the bar, we've been drinking, they're calling for the last call. It's Marty's time to slurring. Tap out. I'm slurring. Sometimes you just ask some random stuff to the people you've been talking to the bar at. Uh, so you've got the uh, tab out question of the night. You can ask anything. It doesn't have to be about detailing. We've had all kinds of weird questions. Very or it could be questions. specifically about detailing, like, you know, what's your favorite thing? Or, you know, whatever. What are you wearing? <laughs> I want to hear about your first car. Okay, Marty? so your question is. Hey, man. Hey, dude, what was your first car, bro? Like, the first car to clean? No, your first car that you ever owned. Yeah, dude. First car I ever owned. Yeah, yeah no joke, dude. very interesting you asked that question. Um, so we've gotten into uh, LinkedIn as we're trying to grow through, you know, different aspects of social. LinkedIn's becoming a little bit more popular for business type, you know, relationships. And uh, so I wrote an article um, just the other night on my first and last dealings with dealership. The first being the first car that my dad bought me when I was 15 and a half. And uh, he woke, woke me up. I think it was like a Saturday. I'd probably slept in like, come on, come down. You know, he had, he had bought my sister a, uh, I think it was a Suzuki Samurai. Samurai. Uh, and it was her second car because he had, she had wrecked her first one. I'm pretty sure. Um, or the first one died. I don't remember. But she was a couple years older than I was, and was or still is. Uh, was uh -huh. not anymore. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so I remember him saying, "Come on, we got to go down. I got to make a payment on her car." I guess he <laughs> felt like that. I was. I don't. I did not expect a car. I really didn't. We didn't have any money. I didn't expect it. Like, and never even crossed my mind. And we walk into this dealership, and this is a. Very small, uh, you know, mom and pops type little little dealership, and and the salesman kind of gave it away on accident. It was like, so you're here to get your truck? And I'm like, no, we're paying for my sister's. No, no, he's getting you that truck. And I went, wait, what? And I, <laughs> he goes, yeah, go out. And it was literally like a a portico barn, like you're talking. I mean, really, mom and pop. Like this was like. 
This was not a showroom. This was literally. I mean, we're talking. Uh, this wasn't a six slick back slow no, sales guy no, coming no. out with this. This is uh, this is 1993. Oh my god. Yeah, 1993. 26 years ago. Not Katusa. Where does uh, where does Ian live? Claire Moore. No. Oh. Uh, 1915 North Aspen. Coweta. Yeah. He lives in Coweta. So this is in Coweta, Oklahoma. <laughs> if you haven't heard of Coweta, Oklahoma, there's a reason because there's like nobody lives there. Just Ian. Just Ian. Um, and so I walk out and it is a, I immediately just see this red truck with chrome rims. Dang. I know, right? Like, wow. Like, right? You're 15 and a half. You're not expecting anything. And I walk out and go, Oh, like I'm in love. Like it was amazing. Had a little stereo system in it with one of those where you press the button and the little face comes off. Nice. Oh, yeah. In 1993? Whoever had it before then had put in more work on the stereo system than on the engine, than on everything else. But, you know, they shined it up nice for me. And I mean, I was in love for about a day. It was a it was a Chevy S10. Yeah, dude. So that was not me. I never wanted a small truck. I did not like the truck really for the whole time I had it. Ungrateful. But whoa, whoa. (laughs) But if you read my article, I talked about Mm -hmm. how amazing it was that my parents, I mean, it was amazing that my parents bought me a vehicle. There's not many people that get a vehicle bought. Like, no. And they bought me a vehicle. Like, I was, I drove it for three years, drove it all through high school, never complained. I just, inside, I didn't like it. Yeah, like it just wasn't me. No back seats. I did have a nice little cushion in the back bed, but uh, you put a mattress in the back bed. I didn't. I had one of those like big thick rubber pieces that went down there. Why? Um, because uh, if uh, you know, if I ever was back there, sit back there in the back. Yeah. Uh huh. Huh. No, I mowed lawns in high school. Did you? I did. (laughs) Very good work. Oh man, uh, <laughs> I'm still stuck on all Cheers. of Marty's lawns that he mowed out of the back of his S10 with the cushion. But um, I had a uh, a 1992 Chevy Blazer. Oh yeah, so mine was like an '86, and we're talking '93. So yeah, mine was old. Mine was old. It was not new. Mine was old for me, like yeah. real old. Uh, and man, was it an eight? It was an early '90s Chevy Blazer, like one of the first Chevy Blazers, like the square, the box. And I would have rather had a Blazer anything than a fucking S10. But it had problems, like the the fuel wasn't getting oxygen or something, so it puttered when it, like when I drove it, like, and there was no power at all. Oh yeah, I had no power. But it was. Did the, you have like power windows, or did you roll them? I cranked mine. A couple of them uh, had the power on, but a couple of them didn't. It was, oh, so you had power yeah, windows, yeah. but not all of them. But worked. it was a two-tone. <laughs> it was a two-tone because the the driver's side front quarter panel was black because I didn't have enough money to get it painted after I wrecked it, and the rest was blue. So oh. it was a two-tone. Not by not by it was natural. A two-tone. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it naturally it was, it was a two-tone. Yep. Yeah. When I, when I walked outside, it was two-tone. Because you two-tones. wrecked it. No, 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 it doesn't matter though. But it was a two-tone paint job. <laughs> With a pinstripe on it and the honeycomb wheels. How quickly after getting Doesn't your matter. license? Doesn't how matter. quickly Doesn't after matter. getting your license did you wreck it? Not long. In the next vehicle, in the next vehicle, in the next vehicle, multiple times in that one. Yeah, you you went through some cars. I mean, I went through some cars. I had a turbo Jetta for eight hours once. <laughs> 
like literally eight hours. I'm out showboating, and, and all's well. Then it starts raining one. Night. I'm like, hey, babe. Like my wife's girlfriend at the time. She's you know we're married now, but took her out and like I hit this corner really sharp, and it was raining a hydroplane and ran up a curb, ran into a, a telephone pole, and uh, totaled it in eight hours. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Great question, man. That's a great question. What about you? Um, I had a Toyota MR2. Mm. So, in New Jersey, uh, nice, man. It was sports cars. And Toyotas were hot. You know, it goes back, I think, was when I first drive, 1989. Um, and it was a 1984, but here's how it fell in my lap. So, here's the whole. I, I wouldn't have chosen that small car enough to at all, ever. Because my next car was in 79. Renegade CJ5G. Ooh, now we're talking. Yeah, yeah. But here's what happened. My sister bought it. And, and it was a beautiful shared red car. And she had it for like two weeks and completely blew the engine. And she had no money to fix it. And I was coming up on like, you know, I, I wanted a car. So she had to capitulate and I took it. And I gave her like two grand for the for the shell. And I put four grand in it and I was done. Those were pretty sweet. Yeah, you didn't mess with those. Those dudes, those were beasts. That's cool, man. Hey, so Jonathan, give us your social. Where do people find you? Uh, how do they hit you up? All that stuff. At the Oval Office. At the Oval Office. The Oval Office. Yeah, the Oval you text that to us that way yeah we'll put it text it to us so we can put it in the show notes Awesome, man. Sweet. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. DJ? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at DJ Patterson, uh, and that's where I hang out at. Or at Pints and Polishing Podcast. I think it's just Pints Polishing. I know it is. I was going to cut yeah. that out. Or at Pints Polishing Podcast on Instagram. Yeah. That's where I hang out at. Where do you that hang out? That's where you hang out. That's where you hang out. That's where yeah. I hang out at. Uh, or LinkedIn. I'm sorry. Apparently, that's where I'm headed now. It's oh, LinkedIn. you're hanging out. Yeah. Hang out on LinkedIn. Hey, I'm gonna go dabble with YouTube a little bit. Oh yeah, we are doing that. 
Uh, so you can find uh, find me at Total Auto Solutions or at Pints Polishing Podcast. It's definitely two good spots. Or LinkedIn. <laughs> hey, Jonathan, thanks so much for your time, man. Uh, really great stuff. Uh, I think it's awesome that uh, there's there's really never been. I mean, people say it, but has there ever been a time, a better time to be a detailer than now? And hearing what you guys are doing as a major, major company, we there's never been a company like that before. So you're really breaking ground for a lot of other companies. Like there, there's guys now that could listen to this and start dreaming and within 10 years start doing what you're doing. It's not going to happen next year. It's not going to happen next month. But starting to follow a plan and do the right business actions will result in long-term growth. And guys, if you want to be in this industry for your, you know, your life or your you know, career, start doing right business practices and start dreaming big because who knows, you could start getting those kind of numbers after you go through a lot of shit and after you get worked out through, like Jonathan said, systems. you got to work through a lot of things, bring in systems, systems you got to fail, systems. you got to grow. But if that's a desire, if that's a dream for you to get big, then Jonathan, thank you so much for paving that way for other guys to also be able to do that. You guys are awesome. I love the format of this podcast. It's so cool. Um, yeah, it's about discipline. And I'll tell you the other secret is you got to have a stop doing list as much as you have a choo-choo list. A lot yeah. of people do a lot of things over and over again. And like, there's just some stuff you shouldn't do. One of them is let people suck your time. So I, if you guys are awesome. I'm happy to do You guys can suck my time anytime you want. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I'll let DJ do that. <laughs> oh man! Hey, you're the VP, man. You gotta, not, you gotta suck the president. I'm not. That's saying. what he said. You gotta suck him. I'm, no, he uh, said he, we can, we can, He said we can borrow his brains anytime he wants. <laughs> he, no, no, no. He said we can pick uh, his. No, brain. no. It was suck. Yep. Time. That was you. I'm, I'll be I'll be your time sucker, okay? I'll I'll be your time sucker. All right, that's true. I'm gonna suck the systems out again, blow up here in Oklahoma even more. Hey man, Jonathan, thanks so much, man. Uh, love you guys. Yeah, you too, bro. We'll see you down in Dallas. Yep, look forward to it. Later, man. See ya.